Okay, we're here with Will Waldenberg, uh, who is running for committee person in Ward 2, District 17, which is, again, in South Philadelphia. <laughs> so, for the past, I think, four podcasts that we have done, we've been hearing a lot of South Philly. So, I'm happy one thing that South Philly is getting, you know, really, really wrapped. A lot of new blood. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I know for a fact we've seen a lot of, um, well, we read a lot of comments about, like, um, people saying, like, oh, why don't we do active work in South Philadelphia? I'm like, well, we can't stretch ourselves so thin, and it's really good that community get involved. So. Yeah. So, Will, um, so, I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier. It sounds like you have a really interesting story of how you sort of got into service in the first place. Why don't you tell us about that? I do. Um, I was a junior in high school when 9-11 happened, and uh, I remember watching that in my history class, and um, at that time I realized that I was going to need to serve. I was going to need to be a part of what was happening in the world afterwards. So I immediately knew I was going to be joining the military in some capacity. And after talking with my parents about it, I realized that um, they had um, some college education, but they had never gotten the chance to graduate. And they really wanted me to go to college. So I ended up getting a four-year Army ROTC scholarship and uh, went to Tulane University. Uh, was there in 2005 when Katrina ended up uh, hitting. And that motivated me to get into another type of service, in service in my community. Uh, we did a lot of work actually going into homes that had been flooded out and pulling down drywall, finding stuffed animals that had been um, completely washed out, but just being able to grab something like that and hand it to the family that was standing outside while we were working on their home um, gave me a feeling that I didn't really have before just from being in military service. So um, I ended up deploying to Iraq in 2010, and I kind of thought that that was going to be it in terms of my service and my commitment to the country. Um, and then 2016 happened, and I think just like everybody right now that is very motivated to be involved, I realized I couldn't just sit on the sidelines anymore. So um, after talking with my wife, uh, made a decision that I was going to run for committee person uh, in an area that we've been living now for about four years. Cool. And so what brought you to South Philadelphia in the first place? You know, I met my wife in uh, 2012 in Philly, and she was living on 9th and Lombard. And at the time, I was living over in Rittenhouse. And I wasn't really crazy about living over in that area. It was really nice to be able to walk to work, um, but it was a younger vibe, and I wanted to have something that was a little bit more stable. And one day, she and I were walking. Um, we had decided that we were going to get married, um, and we were walking through this small um, street that just had a little bit of parking on one side, and then it intersected with another street that had no parking whatsoever, really tiny alley street. And we saw families outside with their dogs, um, we saw an African-American woman that was tending her garden that was outside. And I didn't know any of these people, but the neighborhood had such character to it that um, my wife looked at me and she, and she said, if we can find a place around here, we've got to get it. And just by chance, I think it was the following week, uh, one of the houses we walked by that day went on the market. And so we were fortunate enough to be able to make an offer and, and move in. That's cool. That's super cool, yeah. Um, and so have you been involved... Um, in the community since then and, and sort of like in other capacities? I have. I, I started really getting it active and involved again after the election in 2016. But before that, I was just trying to make sure that um, uh, I was doing the right thing by my neighbors. So in terms of, in terms of uh, um, being involved in community meetings, that wasn't something that I was necessarily doing until recently. Gotcha. Um, and so um, this is your first time running. Um, why do you think that I mean, we, we've seen so many people 
so many new people like yourself wanting to get involved in politics. Um, why do you think that, other than you know the national perspective of this, why do you think that it's so important to get involved on such a small uh, community level? Only because committee person, you're going to represent if you win, what like five square blocks, something like that. Right. Yeah. So why why do you think that, uh, that sort of representation is so important? Well, I think it's critical for us because these are the issues that actually impact our day to day life. You know, whether or not we have individuals that are picking up the the trash in the center of, of our streets you know whether it's our neighbors that are doing it or if the city is actually providing that as a service which we are paying for in our taxes to be able to come out and collect that um, the those are I guess what you would consider on a national political level the kitchen table issues mm -hmm. but they're quality of life issues to me to be able to walk outside and know that we have um, safe secure streets that are also clean um, and the ability to to be able to walk on a sidewalk that doesn't have cracks and jags that are that are going through it, it it's I think it's critical for for our uh, for my neighborhood especially to be able to have that sort of quality of life. That's why I also think you see a lot more people that are really active at the local level and deciding you know what the national side we're gonna we're gonna be involved but maybe have it on the periphery. But where we can really make an impact right now is getting involved at the local political level and start to force the ward leaders and the city committee to take a look at what the activists are really trying to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so do you think that the ward leaders and city committee have sort of been just not hearing what people have been saying? I think you, if you ask the 66 ward leaders, you get 66 different answers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, do you, do you hope that if, you know, when this, when this election's over, if there are new people there, do you think that the rules may change a little bit? I'm, I'm just thinking because, like right now, committee people don't necessarily get a, a full vote to in endorsements, right? Right. So, like, that's, that's a change that we've heard people want um, in the coming years. Is that something that you would look to, to as well? Yeah, there are some wards where that does actually happen, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen nearly enough throughout the entire ward structure. I think one of the reasons that people are really active is that they've, they've understood that the ward leaders, in some cases, have fallen behind on making a modern system. Um, just as an example, there are wards that don't have governing bylaws. There are wards that don't have uh, structures in place for when they're going to have ward meetings. Uh, there are wards that their committee people really are just responsible for door knocking the day before an election. And I think we need to be doing more in that, you know, and that's why we're seeing these these individuals starting to really get involved in local politics. We understand that more needs to be done. Yeah, that is true. Um, we've been having conversations about that, too, the fact that a lot of community members don't even have access to any information that is given out. So I think bringing the right information on an everyday basis and not just like once when the opportunity comes to talk about it or like when the day of the event is tomorrow, you know, mm -hmm. who will have more information to make their minds up or who will really try to bring more information that, that they need or like really make justice or anything. Right. I think the system has been closed off for so long that people have become disenfranchised with any sort of involvement in the wards or in, in the committees themselves. And my neighbors, you know, even asked me when I was knocking on their door to get my petition signed, they, they basically, a lot of them said, why are you doing this? And they didn't mean it as a, give me your sales pitch so I can sign your, right. your petition. They're like, why would you want to be involved in that? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, a lot of 
people feel like they're like not being listened to. So yeah, yeah I, we understand like where they come from. What's your answer to them? Is the, <laughs> the answer that you usually give us? Well, like, I th- I think you actually just mentioned the answer in your statement. I mean, it comes back to listening, right? And it means that I need to listen to my neighbors and hear what their primary concerns are. I need to listen to my to the neighbors that are living over in Fleischer in my district and find out what their concerns are. I need to go door knock and, and make sure that um, I'm reaching out to everybody to hear their concerns. Um, we probably haven't been doing enough of that as as a ward and in general as a city. Yeah, I think I know a lot of um, like the criticism I heard after the election. I mean, there was so much criticism to go around, um, but a lot of people said there wasn't like a legitimate plan amongst the Democratic Party to get people out to vote. It was just the the voting totals were so high in 2012 they were like well 2016 they'll probably just be just as high and that obviously was not the case well i do think the um the party in the city does deserve some applause because i do remember um uh, representative brady went on in msnbc i think the night before the election and said you know our goal was to get 700,000 votes and they got something close to 730,000 votes. Mm, okay. So they'd certainly met that goal of getting people out there. I think the problem was that they could have done more. They could have gotten more, but the votes were being kind of depressed throughout the entire city because mm-hmm. of the way that that election was fought. It was not, it was not a pretty situation. <laughs> right, that was tough. Um, so moving on to, uh, like, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about like street and transportation mm-hmm. issues. So South Philly, um, your your part of South Philly is part is part of the city that has the highest um, per capita cycling uh, res- representation in the whole city. Right. I think something like twenty five percent of people in the um, in the Queen Village Bella Vista area uh, bike to work. Um, how do you think that um, that local leaders like yourself and like other elected leaders can help make that even better for people? Well, first off, I think we have something close to 2,200 miles of, of city streets in Philadelphia. And that's that's like the equivalent of, if I, I'm a Sixers fan, right? If I had wanted to go to the games in Miami, I could have driven there and driven back, and that's about 2,200 miles or so. Um, so there's a lot of street. And, uh, to, and to me, when we're talking about the cycling issues or about streets in general, I think we have to look at it from the broader city perspective and not just South Philly. But I think one of the things that certainly needs to happen is with those 2,200 uh, miles of road, it's ridiculous to me that we only have about two and a half that are protected bike lanes. Um, they're, they're critical to make sure for the public safety issue that we have right now of of cyclists getting hit by vehicles, of pedestrians getting hit by vehicles, of cyclists getting hit by other cyclists. Well, especially kids since in our area or where we at, because it's in South Philly, um, there's like two elementary schools and... Right. Yeah. So just as an example, two of the north-south streets in, in my division are 5th and 7th. And 7th has a bus that normally goes up it, and 5th and does not. Neither of them are, pro- are protected lanes. but. You still see cyclists in South Philly that are constantly going up both of those because they end up going over to Lombard or over to Pine to end up getting into the protected lane. And some of the most dangerous bike rides that I have had when I've been driving or have been riding have been going from the bike share station that's at 4th and Christian and just getting to the area where I would be turning on Lombard. That's where I felt as a cyclist in, in the most danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, uh, I personally really 
dislike riding my bike in South Philadelphia. <laughs> of all the, I mean, I live in Mount Airy. I, I bike two, I bike two hours a day there and back. And I bike on streets in Mount Airy that are not necessarily like city streets, but they feel safer than when I'm riding in South Philly and there's my, there might be a guy behind me honking at me or uh, just those tiny streets that people want to get by and they physically cannot do so. Right, um, right. So yeah, I think changes need to happen, but, but those changes can't happen unless there's community involvement and community, mm -hmm. community engagement from the city and also community unity with, mm -hmm. within the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. right. So, you said it right. <laughs> and I, I, I think in general, a lot of people do understand that we need to have at least more protected lanes. But I think what a lot of people don't necessarily recognize yet in the city is that the streets might be our greatest asset in the city. Um, they're completely undervalued, but if you just take a look at, again, I'll use Fifth Street as, as an example. That street itself is wide enough to end up having three cars end up going down. And yet you'll have parking on one side, parking on the other, and there's no room for a bicyclist to end up moving because you've got a car that's in the middle and that's clipping you as you're, as you're riding up. So we need to be doing something to end up making it safer just to have your morning commute. Yeah, I mean, I've, also, I've often thought about like, if you were to take all the parking in Philadelphia and just put it in, turn it into like a parking lot, what that would look like, you know, from space. Because on most streets in Philadelphia are two thirds parking and one third driving. You know, that's, that's the norm. And so it's just, there's just so much, there's so much we can, so much more we can utilize there. Cool. Um, Will, if, uh, if um, our listeners want to get in touch with you um, and reach out to you about your campaign, how can they do so? They can send me an email, and I'll go ahead and spell it out because uh, it's sometimes tough, to, <laughs> tough to, to say. But my email is w-w-o-l-d-e-n-b at gmail.com. Um, they can go ahead and get in touch with me there. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me.